0: Hi there and welcome to Mugful Mimosas, the podcast where no one has time for proper stemware. So grab your nearest clean cup, fill it up with your drink of choice and settle in for today's episode where I'm chatting with my friend Emma McCarthy about multiple sclerosis. As my fellow multiple sclerosis warrior, Emma and I will trade diagnosis stories, adventures in medication, as well as discuss the ups and downs of living with MS in our respective cities. Since there's much to discuss, this series is getting a two-part treatment. So after you listen today, please make sure to subscribe so you can be the first to catch part two of the MS Tales next week. For now, make sure your cup is full and let's dish. Welcome to uh, Monkful Mimosas. Normally with my other guests, I've had them in person in front of me, so we've been able to like clink a physical glass, but we're clinking... Uh, glasses from thousands of miles away, uh, because we are not in the same state. Uh, so I'm excited to have you here. Welcome. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, Emma? Sure. Uh, my
1: name is Emma McCarthy. I used to live in New York with Liz, and that's how we know each other. We work together, which was fabulous. Uh, but I currently live in Denver, Colorado, which Colorado is an MS cluster which is interesting so oh, fascinating yeah yeah um I so I did it,
0: not realize that no,
1: actually appropriate yes that this is a, the topic of conversation
0: today. wow wow uh, I did not know that
1: Huh? yeah yeah is your husband from the west coast or from New York no he so actually he grew up in New Jersey. He's an East Coaster and he lived in Brooklyn for 10 plus years. Oh, nice. So it was a big deal when I moved us to California. I thought maybe that was going to be the end of the relationship or it was our for <laughs> permanence. And it turned out it was. because <laughs> uh, I was like, I'm going I'm going to business school on the West Coast. Are you coming with me? And he said. Yeah, I'll I'll give it a try. And I said, "Okay, are you sure?" <laughs> you know, this is that's your a, home, big a big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah,
0: but he came with me. Yeah, and now he's here, and so. the rest is history. No, <laughs> yeah. yeah. well, uh, bring us to the. Well, that was not a segue at all, but like, <laughs> I'm going to bring us to the topic. At hand. Uh, which is uh, the thing that uh, the tie that binds us now? Before it was our old job. Now it's uh, that we both have been diagnosed with MS. And before we started uh, recording, I was just saying that I don't think I know your your diagnosis story. So I these people who are listening have heard me kind of talk about it before. So. I will share with you, but I would love to hear uh, like a little bit about your diagnosis story. So like, what was the what was the catalyst to like get the confirmation? Like, yes, this this is my life now.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. So I actually first started having symptoms when we worked at the Fresh Air Fund together. Interesting. Uh, So I think I First, my first symptom was numbness and tingling in my right hand
0: that didn't go
1: away. Mm -hmm. It felt like it was asleep and it just wouldn't come back. So I actually started seeing a neurologist at MIU Langone, Mm -hmm. Um, Dr. J.D. Bott. He was, I mean, great, wonderful man. Uh, But boy, that was 2008, 2009. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And then that cleared up. And I I don't know if you've talked too much about diagnostic criteria are so interesting. And I think different neurologists all have different diagnostic criteria. So you know, I had a bunch of MRIs. I had a spinal tap, but he didn't feel comfortable diagnosing me until I had at least three different relapses. So the first one cleared. I was okay. I then had a second episode, which was kind of optic neuritisy. I wasn't. I was seeing double vision and kind of blurry on the on my peripheral vision, um, but again, that was just two. So he didn't want to diagnose me. Then we then moved to California. Uh, I started actually. I I nothing happened. I didn't go find another neurologist. I didn't think about well, it. Oh,
0: you left New York without even being diagnosed. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, but then I had, I had, and and in hindsight, I didn't, I, in hindsight, it was my third relapse, but I didn't recognize it Mm because it was really minor. I was having bladder hesitancy. So it's like, I feel like I had to go to the bathroom and I would go into the bathroom and I couldn't go. (gasps) That's happening. That happens to me now.
0: oh it's
1: really common anyway so then i finally it and it didn't clear up it didn't clear up and i finally had a moment where it was like oh maybe this is ms related so i found a neurologist out in sacramento who I did not love, but she's the one who ultimately diagnosed me. So I was diagnosed in 2012.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh and then the rest, I guess I, I don't know. So you know, that you know the community is like all about what DMT are you on. And DMT right. is disease modifying therapy. Uh, So at the time, 11 years ago, there weren't very many options. We had what were known as the ABC drugs, Avinax, beta-serone, and Copaxone, all of which are not very effective and fairly dreadful to administer. They're either done through infusion, monthly infusion, or daily shots. Mm. Well, I opted for the daily shot. Damn. That was easier than having to go in and get an infusion. So I was on Copaxone for a while then, but then I went off it when I got pregnant. It's pretty wild. Pregnancy is known to be a protectant against MS. And they heard, they don't know why.
0: That's literally um, all I've heard. Everybody's just like, cause yeah. that's what I'm kind of like going through now. Like, yeah. Let me let you finish. I'm not going to do oh, the podcaster thing no. and interrupt you. No, but I
1: definitely want to hear, I want to hear about your, your, your story of being, being diagnosed and getting all of the adventures that is this disease, right? Anyway, um, but I was on Copaxone and I quit and I was, I was off DMT for probably three or four years. Oh, um, yeah, because uh, I, you know, I was pregnant, then I was breastfeeding, and then I can't remember what inspired me to get in and find a neurologist out here in Denver, but I did. Hmm. And I was on, so then I was on Tech Fidera, and then due to insurance shenanigans, I switched to Bumerity. Uh 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 oral fumarate um but i've been starting to progress a little bit so my latest neurologist put me on okravis which is kind of the one of the gold standards it's it's a pretty serious immunomodulator but it's one of the most effective drugs out there so that's where i am right now
0: and I'm, anyway, I'm like thrilled yeah. to actually, to be talking to you about all of this, but because before I even go into, I'll go into my, my like diagnosing event or whatever. Uh, but I am going to start Ocrevus soon because, um, yeah. I'm cur- like, I, I just had my first, uh, like relapse recently. Um, I was just like feeling like weird, like spasms of like numbness and tingling going down my left hand, like, and like to the point where I would be holding my phone and I would have to like put it down. So i I'm just like, oh shit, I'm going to drop this. This is going to be too heavy for me. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And it was like happening and happening and happening. And I, you know, you know, especially when you first get diagnosed, you're always like hyper vigilant, like looking for anything that's different so that you can like be vigilant you know and like report back to your doctor and then every time you go with your like beautiful notes they're just like relax <laughs> not everything is MS and I'm just like you told me to be looking at shit and I'm looking at shit and, I, and then when I bring it to you you, think, you make me seem crazy what the hell and, <laughs> but like so I was like in that space of like not wanting to be alarmist and <clears throat> um I like mentioned it. I, I mentioned it to my husband and Allison. And I said, you know, Hey, this is a thing that I'm noticing. If things, like, I'm going to keep an eye on it. If things progress, I'll like, I'll make an appointment for yeah. an MRI. Cause I was like, my last scan was stable. I wasn't due for my next scan until like September. Stephen and I went on, on honeymoon, Um, not honeymoon, vacation anniversary. And like, it was great. And like, still it persisted, but I wasn't going to like accelerate until I was like walking the dog and I was like looking across the street and I noticed, I was like, oh, my vision looks different in one eye than the other. Okay, so like this this is something. And so then at that point, I was like, I need to make an appointment for an MRI. Made the appointment for the MRI. They found two new lesions in the brain, which, you know, in because it doesn't, because my day-to-day doesn't feel tangibly different. It doesn't hit, you know, until like there's things that you want to start doing and can't start doing. So my therapist is just like, you seem pretty, pretty chill for news like that. So I'll I'll just wait until you're finished processing. Because <laughs> she knows she's like, this is not gonna hit until there's something that I want to do that I can't. And I'm like, ah, I use the MS. um, but they totally. found that you knew. Do- The two new lesions and, you know, the doctor, which was also something that I think about every single day of my life as somebody with MS. Like, thank you, God, I live here. Thank you, Jesus, I live in New York City. Not in the United States, because honestly, like, the U.S. could kick rocks when it comes to healthcare, but, like, I have access to the world's top doctors, the world's top treatments like the world's top trials and all of that and the community and and which I think is the biggest thing where I'm lucky to be here is and if I don't drive I can still get to wherever I need to go that's one thing about New York City like you know if you you have your your bus you train and if you can't do that you have accessory. you just need to do the paperwork to get qualified for it but like you can get there if you're in New York. It might take you 50 million years to get there, but you could get there. You know, you might miss the appointment, <laughs> but you'll get there. Um, And so uh, he decided that he was going to start me on Ocarvest, um, Because he was just like, I just don't think Vumerity is like strong enough for like whatever you had going on. And the Jelenia was great. I was like great on the Jelenia for, for years. But I was about to t- tell you like my diagnosis yes do it so um it, it's it's actually like it's like a, a like a multi-part because i didn't realize too that you didn't like that most people had multiple uh, a quali- qualifying events um but it was When I was working at, um, the charter school up in the Heights and, you know, it was the school that I had like helped to found. So we were small and, and I remember it because it was, um, December and it was like, it was like the week of our first, like winter show for the kids at like our first like big event that we were putting on uh like for families and it was just we were small teams it was just me and my manager and that week i like one day i woke up and like i kind of couldn't like I, like my vision was a little like weird in my right eye and i was like oh that's weird i just i must just be really tired whatever let it like I'll just, i need to go to sleep earlier tonight you know this is the mind of a of a of a 20 year old you know of a right 20 something. And so, um, I like the next day I like vision is like worse. And I'm like, Oh, it's freaking weird, but whatever it'll be fine. I, I have shit to do. Like, I'm so busy at work. I have shit to do. So then the day after that, at that point, it's just like, it had progressed to being like the, I couldn't see anything. All the edges were dark in the periphery and like looking straight, looked like looking through, like, not stained glass, but like the clear, like frosted glass, privacy glass. Yep. That's and, what I had. Yeah. And by that point, I, you know, my mom's a nurse. So I call my mom. And I'm like, oh, you know, I can't really see. And she's like, she like, after she lost it on me, lost it on me. She was just like, okay. And she like called in all these favors. And she like, uh, like called in this favor to a doctor friend of hers who had, like, diagnosed me with a, another weird eye thing, even years before that. Like, y- this was in – this was in 2011 with the optic neuritis. And yeah. when I was in college, I, like, had a migraine for three months straight. Mm. Three months straight. Like, I had to leave school early, like, before the semester was over because I, I was just like – can't eat, can't see, I can't open my eyes, I can't think, I can't breathe, I can't do anything. And my mom took me from neurologist to doctor to this, to that, or the other. And then this one doctor figured out that it was a fluid tumor, pseudotumor cerebri, they called it some like fluid tumor that like had like pinched the optic nerve but didn't cause loss of vision. Like everything was fine. It was just like a migraine. And so she like called in a favor to him again, like, hey, she's going through some crazy shit again. Could you see her? And again, this was all as a favor. Like neither yeah. time was under insurance. Like he did not bail her. Like he totally saw me as a favor, like ran tests, like Ebi Alahi, like the angel of the Upper East Side, right? <laughs> um and also, folks, this is like a PSA to like be kind to people because my mom was so kind to him when he was in his residency, and like that's the repayment. The repayment was he was able yeah. to diagnose me like two life saving times twice, and he saw her as her ophthalmologist for free for years, for years, yeah. for years. He doesn't take insurance. Man's like rolling in it. So like, just be kind, people. It pays off. Yep. Um, and so he saw me again he like did me the solid. And then he's like, you know, I see something, but like, I don't want to be the one to make this call. Like, I think that you should go see this other person. I'm going to call in a favor as well. I saw this doctor, this, uh, neuro-ophthalmologist in the city, and he's like doing all of these like tests. And meanwhile, I'm like talking to my boss. I'm just like, Hey, like, here's what's going on. Like, here's what's happening. You know, like, don't worry, they're going to give me a prescription. I'm going to fill it. I'll be back here, and so like the day of the show is my appointment with the neurooptometrist. So I go. They're doing all these tests, blah blah blah, field vision, this that and the other. I can't see shit. So just click 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 click. Who who knows? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and so you know, he sits me down in his office, beautifully appointed office. Such a wonderful like nice man, and talking to me he's asking me questions jotting notes and then he starts like writing something on a prescription pad and i'm like oh great beautiful like he's gonna give me fucking medicine send me on my way i'm like i'm so late. like i have to get back to work he goes here you go like here's this prescription just take it around the corner here to nyu and to the er and tell them to admit you and i'm like no no no. <laughs> no that's not what you were supposed to say no no you're supposed to send- Away with medicine. What the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like very stressed. I'm like, this is not how this was supposed to end. I was supposed to be asleep in my bed tonight. Like, what are you talking about, man? And so he's like, So here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna take this around the corner. They're gonna admit you. And we have to do an MRI. If we don't find anything on the MRI, we're gonna have to do a spinal tap. And I'm just like, please, God, no, no, anything but that. And of course, they had to do the spinal tap. And sucks. They messed up the spinal tap because they used the wrong size needle, and so they had to leave me with the big needle in while they go got a different. Oh my god, it's the worst! It was it was horrifying. It was horrifying and very sad. All that to say, we still found nothing. We still yeah. found nothing. Yep. Right. And we're just gonna give you some medicine, like you. This thing is called optic neuritis And meanwhile, my mom's like dying because she's a nurse and she like right. knows what that means. She's like, "You have a mess. You have a mess. You have a mess. Oh my god. Oh my god." Because oh. she knows, you know. And she's like asking all her friends and like another really good friend of our hers, ours. Like if I'm her, friend, hers. Um, her daughter had a mess, and like. I remember her in her wheelchair, you know, she's passed now, you know, rest in peace, but like, you know, I remember that. So like she, she yeah. has very prox and a, like um a reference point for like what yeah. this could look like. And so, um you know, the doctor was just like this calling you optic neuritis, like, you know, like sometimes it's like a thing of MS and sometimes it's just like, just happens to people. Like you're just the one in the 100 that it just happened to happen to and uh, he was just like, take these steroids and like, go with God. And my vision came, like my, my vision came back, not to even just like back to 2020, back to 2010 where it was like, so it was just like, I just, I like, moved on. I like went on with my yeah. life, lived my life for the next couple of years. And then um, it was the summer of 2016 and I was on summer vacation from work. Uh, that's when I was working in the charters. And uh this summer I was like getting ready to like really lean into like I'm the manager, I'm the, you know, and take control of like the whole like onboarding project. And a couple of days before we were I was like due to like report back to work. I I felt like like cooling like tingling like on the bottom of my feet and i'm someone who's always had like really stinky feet (laughs) so i have like foot powders and foot sprays galore and it's a good thing like for like people with stinky feet like peppermint like foot powder and so like i've had peppermint foot powder before and it like no makes you like your feet tingle a little but i'm thinking to myself i'm just like it's july Like, this is like a winter thing. When did I, when did I put this powder on my foot? But I'm just like not thinking anything of it. I'm just like, whatever. It's, it's whatever. It's fine. It'll go away. And like the whole day and it didn't change. And I didn't think, and I'm just like, yeah, pepper. And I'm just like, meanwhile, in hindsight, I'm just like, if I ever find a peppermint foot powder that lasts 24 hours, I need to bottle that and sell that and become a millionaire. (laughs) like what what medicine ever lasts that long but anyway so I like let it be the next day I just like felt like creeping and tingling and then it was like the tops of my foot and I was like oh that's really weird and then the next day after that it was like my ankle and I was like this doesn't make any sense, but I have shit to do. Cause I had had back to work full steam ahead. Like I'm like the row in myself, like going 120 miles an hour. And then the tingling feeling just keeps crawling up my body. And then I'm like, okay, so this is a little weird now. And so then I start Googling, obviously, cause that's what we do. My- <laughs> and then the first thing I saw was like MS. I was just like, oh, this rings a bell for me. I remember this from before. Let me make an appointment with a neurologist. And because sometimes ambitious young women value efficiency over quality, if dummies, <laughs> I'm Trying so hard not to call so dummy, but dummies go on ZocDoc <laughs> and fucking like pick the first neurologist that's close and available, who has no history of anything. And you're just walking off the street saying, my feet tingle, right? Like- So that's exactly that's exactly what I did some random like jank man in like I think like Chinatown or something and the office was like packed with people and and he saw me for all of like five minutes he did like a couple of like boops with his little like triangle hammer and then he's just like hey man like if you're still feeling like this in 10 days come back and see me. And in my brain, I was just like, now I know that out of the two of us, he went to school for this. Like I know that there is collective more intelligence of what I should do in this man's brain, but 10 days? kind of like a lot if I'm telling you it's already at like my knee level and it started at my bottoms of my feet not too long ago 10 days kind of feels like a lot but I'm trusting so I'm just like whatever whatever 10 days okay fine the man said 10 days and like at this point I don't remember if I had told I I think I had told Steven who's my husband I told Steven already at that point I can't remember. I don't think I had told Allison yet because she was in Las Vegas. I was just like, why am I going to stress her out? You know, I definitely didn't tell my mom because I'm just like, you really don't need to know right now. Right. Um, And so uh, <laughs> I remember the point where I made the call that I was going to go to the ER and that I was going to go back to the NYU ER where I had like first been seen was when I, and this is crucial to the the key here, I was smoking a cigarette because I was a very like full-time, big-time smoker. I was smoking a cigarette on my break, like on, on a break, like around the corner from my school because I don't want any of the kids seeing me smoke. And I was on the phone with Allison. And I said, you know, I think I might need to go to the ER now. And she's just like, why? And at that point, everything boobs down oh. was numb and tingling including like hands elbows down every like it all felt like tv static like my whole body felt like i was That's like a walking TV yeah. and i just like didn't like i didn't know i i thought i was like being extra you know so that was that but the best part about this whole story is one of the one of the most insane stories of my life is the story taking me to the hospital that day because it was, I think it might have actually been the last time I used Uber pool when that was a thing. Yeah. Was because I was just like, well, I want to take a cab to the hospital because you know, like I'm not feeling great, but I also don't want to spend a hundred dollars on a cab. <laughs> so I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna take an Uber pool. Okay, so pool comes. It's great. It's beautiful. We are literally about to cross the bridge out of Brooklyn. They get a, ri- a ride request that they have to go all the way back into Brooklyn to Fort Green. We were about to cross the Brooklyn Bridge. We were about to cross the Brooklyn Bridge. And we got all- pulled, called all the way back to Fort Green. And it's this man. And he is shitting bricks because he's just like, sir and, and miss, like, I'm so late for this date. This first date, like, do you care if I get dropped off first? And I'm in my brain, because, you know, I'm very, I'm a people pleaser. I'm accommodating. So I'm just like, this numbness ain't going anywhere, brother. Like, enjoy your date. Like, let's go. Like, tally ho. The only time I have ever been in traffic that bad was uh, the blackouts, the New York blackouts. That was the second, that was the second only to the New York City blackout when I've been in traffic that bad. It, I was in traffic to get to his drop for four hours four hours that's nuts four hours four hours and like nowhere to go like and nowhere to go like and nothing i could do and i'm just like i mean and the the worst part about it was that had we just dropped me off first he would have made it and we would have all been on time because there was some sort of like event happening like in lower Manhattan where we were. And uh, had we dropped me off at NYU and he would have come down the FDR, he would have skipped it all. He would have gone there like that. But I was just like, hey, listen. Whatever <laughs> you need to do. Do what you need to do. <laughs> and so, you know, there was like a select few people that I like had uh like told that this was a uh, was on my way to go do just so like people knew kind of where I was and like everybody was just like do you need to come with you like like and Stephen was like I'll I'll take off work and I'm like no everybody like must go on with their lives I cannot interrupt anybody's life like you're gonna waste your time there like what are you going to be doing just sitting there looking at me so checked in like did all the the shenanigans and then like surely enough like after the posts and the prods and they like took me for a scan but they forgot about me in the hallway and you know how it goes and then like finally I think it was like maybe like midnight or like one o'clock like a little like resident girl doctor girl I wanted to mean her uh like comes over and she's like hey like you know like we wanted to like confirm with the, like attending, but like given the history and like what we're seeing, like, we feel confident that like you like have MS. And then I just like sobbed for like 30 minutes there by myself in in the bed. And, and then literally like, and I I guess my therapist would be like, did you have, have you processed this yet? But it was kind of just like, that was it. like. Because yeah. what, what do I do with that now? Like, am I just like all woe is me? Like all I can do now is like use the, inf- Like, and everybody else around me is, is I feel like taking it so much more, taking it so much worse and harder and deeper. Yeah. And I'm just like, I get all of that y'all, but like, yeah. I can't be that way because I have to, like, I'm the one whose body is deteriorating. So I need to like. I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time yeah. like the I yeah. have to be better, be healthier now because my shit is going to expire sooner. And so like That's that. So,
1: when you were diagnosed, were you then put on steroids? Did you do like because you were having this intense numbing?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I actually did. um, I did a course of IV steroids, like for the first time. And you know, my mom, what (sighs) lifelong is like is not the right word, but long time is the right word. She's a long time steroid user because she actually was diagnosed um, with this disease called sarcoidosis of the heart. And and actually, it's not even of the heart, it's the lungs, right? But the disease traveled into her heart and, like, began to deteriorate her heart-like muscle and tissue. And so she had to have a pacemaker put in um, young, you know? And she actually, like, coincidentally enough, this year um, had to have her... Battery changed, like she just been gone, like way overdue for the. Like she, she she mentioned, yeah, I was like in the kitchen one day and like I heard this beeping and I was like, what is beeping, and then she just realized it's coming from her body, um, and she's like, oh yeah, I'm super super overdue, and honestly, she didn't have it done sooner because of fucking work as a nurse. So it's just like she was just like, I need to prioritize the job, can't take any time off, you know, and that's also because they like give her shit for taking time off, and it's just like you know, like could you not give somebody who's asking to have the battery changed in their like heart life giving disease shit like you know anyway right. but like she um so she has been on steroids for forever and so she was like very stressed out by that she's just like i know how like deteriorating they can be to your body like you can yeah. get all this weight you're gonna be so angry They're You're gonna
1: not good long term and it it's a bummer when you have a health condition that requires that as the treatment yeah. where that's the only treatment yep. that exists yep. because it's, the long-term it's horrifying. effects are terrible
0: it's so bad it's so bad like like even though she's always been overweight and like you know she got um uh uh vertical sleeve gastrectomy like a few years ago but like has never like o- almost gained her weight back because she can't exercise because the steroids have like deteriorated all of her like bone mass which is I'm just like go do like water aerobics and I'm just like yeah. anyway <laughs> um but you know So she was like very stressed out about me being on the steroids, but you know, they luckily enough, like, again, like thankful to be living in New York, like the um, NYU was able to like set up an at-home nurse who like came and like did the port and like, you know, they were able to do at-home steroid infusions. So like, that was really nice, you know, to be able to just be in my house, like terrified, I forgot how terrifying it was actually to to have that because I forgot that they don't come back to take the lion out. Like I forgot that I had to do it myself this time around and like it's it's not terrible and like the first time around I was like honestly that was the thing that was the thing that I was freaking out the most and everybody was just like my even my mom I was like what us f- just pull it out like it, that's the this is the, the least like hard part like and I'm just like but but I'm not a nurse and I don't know and she's like do you want me to come and take it out like and I was just like no I don't want you to come here and have to like take it out but I like ended up like YouTubing it like side by side, like and just like and literally the the YouTube was put pressure on her and yank it out. Like that's it. Say. That's all you gotta do is put pressure on it and yank it out. Um, but but yeah, so so we did IV steroids the first time around, and it um like something about my body, like whenever it's in a a flare up like the eye also kicks into the eyes just like me too me too I want to play <laughs> and so the optic neuritis right. kind of like kicks in a little slow and so um by that time the eye had cleared up and I was like okay um and most of the tingling was gone like pretty much all the tingling was gone except my my arm like elbows down all the way to hands and again like it didn't like it technically didn't affect the strength of my grip or, like, my ability to, like, like lift weight. But it's just uncomfortable. It was just annoying. I was just like, this is just fucking annoying to live with. It's hard, and, right?
1: It feels like your hand is asleep and you're like, please come back.
0: <laughs> and it's just like, and it's like, it's never going to come back. It's never going to come back. And so that actually is the, actually, unlike I did last time, a good segue into, like, what the doctor actually ended up telling me because I, like, mentioned again, you know, after the first round, she was just, like, like, what is all going on? Like, how is everything resolved? And I was just, like, everything is pretty resolved except the hands. Like, it still feels weird. Like, I don't think that that's resolved. So she's, like, well, I'll give you another round of, like, IV steroids. And, like, we did it again, which was, like, annoying. And I gotta, like, stop saying annoying because, like, it could... this I could be living in, like, Idaho, right? Where it's just, like, I gotta, like drive myself or like get some sort of assisted ride to like take me to a place to go do this thing for like five minutes you know like so I gotta stop saying annoying so but like the the nurse had to come back and like redo the line and do it again and then after that round had finished like I still like it was just my hands at this point I was just like no this is weird and and the doctor was just like I think this I think that might just be left over like I think you might just have to like live like this now and I was just like and it just I, I I was just like no, like not like arguing her, but I was just like, no, girl, like it's modern medicine. like no, I have to take there has to be some amount of medicine, some time I could take it for this to dissipate and go back to normal. Like it just didn't compute. And that's the problem with this disease is it's like it didn't compute.
1: I mean, you you can recover, but then there are also times that you just don't yeah. recover.
0: And it just it like still to this day, cause like right now, like it's still like again, it feels like a very dull like TV static, like on my hands right wow. now. Oh. And the 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 nerve pain medicine like dulls that like sensation, which allows me to kind of like go on about my day where I don't like notice it until I'm like using my hands a lot or typing a lot. And then like that exacerbates it
1: that's
0: hard. so do hard
1: t- do you take gabapentin what mm-hmm, do you i take- do yeah mm-hmm.
0: gotcha. and i take a lot too it's like um mm-hmm. how much gabapentin am i on now at this point i'm on 1200 split up on like on two doses and for the for the like one in the morning one in the nighttime yeah but and it just like isn't just it just did it's, not compute like that's the hardest mean?
1: part Yeah.
0: And that's where we we'll wrap up our story for now. Make sure to come back next week for part two of the MS Tales. As always, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Mugful of Mimosas with Liz. If you can, please hit that subscribe button and leave me a five star review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen. And follow me on Instagram or TikTok at LizLaughLoveNYC. See you next week, and between now and then, make sure your cup stays full. Bye! Thank you.